up everybody uh it's tuesday and your boys are back uh football is back this is the hold that podcast podcast brought to you by the athletic i'm your host t bob a bear joined as always by my co-host the athletics own brody miller brody what's up dude uh, not too much man just dodging hurricanes it seems like every every few weeks but you know we're back like you said but we're not the only thing back today and that my friend was a veteran radio tease, am I right? Um, yeah, but I'm so brain dead right now that I'm not even connecting the dots to what you're teasing. Oh, so I'm God, sitting this here. is good, right? This is a good but, podcast. But I, I, Neil Farrell, man. Here. Oh, well, okay. That duh, was such yeah, a good... Will, well, but no, now you ruined it because I was the audience and I was on the hook and I wanted to hear about it and then you just, you just jumped to the end. But yes, Neil Farrell <laughs> is back. Brody, that is right. That is the big... News of the week. Uh, we'll dive into that. We'll dive into kind of college football's return. Um, looks like the Big Ten is going to be back. We'll talk about that and uh, and whatever else comes up along the way. Before we start, real quick, right now, great deal going on. Athletic.com slash hold that podcast. You get the Athletic for $1 a month. $1 a month, people. Just don't even think twice. Just do it. And then, like, just use it or forget about it. Like, but you're going to see once you use it, you're going to fall in love. Athletic.com slash hold that podcast. All right, Brody. Uh, oh, and yeah, so the big news of the day, Neil Farrell, he opted out earlier this offseason um, due, due to family concerns over COVID. Um, I believe his grandmother, well, do, do you know the details of the story as to why he chose to opt out that you could refresh us with? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, Neil Farrell, I mean, because obviously most of the opt-outs you're seeing at LSU have been a lot of NFL draft-based decisions, right? So, you know, it's people watching out for themselves and who can blame them. But, uh, you know, Neil Farrell opted out August 8th over a month ago because basically his family's been hit pretty hard by COVID and his grandmother was hospitalized and like in pretty rough shape. And, uh, and basically about a week ago, Neil Farrell then tweeted something on the lines of my grandmother is doing better. Thank you for asking. And I miss football. And then, you know, he's been talking to LSU about possibly coming back. And then the big news of course was yesterday, as we reported, he was back at LSU practice and back in pads and ready to go. And the team voted him back on and, you know, Neil Farrell is back, which is a just, I, I really am like, a, a, you know me, I, I can go down a rabbit hole, but I'm a huge Neil Farrell guy, so I think that is actually a huge boost for this team and a, a big thing for this LSU defense in, in a 4-3 scheme year one. Yeah, wait, so um, I, I, it, it's so funny how throughout his career, Farrell's been so solid, but just kind of lost in the shuffle a little bit because I was shocked to read today that he actually led the defensive line in tackles last year. And I didn't realize, what do you have, seven TFLs? Seven tackles for loss, three sacks. He also had 12 run stuffs, which led the D-line by like three. And he only Dude, started that's, three games. That's a gr- I mean, that's a great year. And, and well, sorry, yeah, expound on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's always worth like just throwing in there for reference that, and you know this, that with LSU D-line last year and most years, especially this year probably, they they have what they basically call co-starters. Where last year in that three four scheme, they had six starters on the D line. Yeah. Like Neil Farrell and Braden Fahoko and Apuaika technically weren't starters, but like they played maybe like two less drives a game than the starters. You know they played a lot, but still, yeah. Neil Farrell was 
I mean, if we're talking, like, name recognition, it was probably, like, the fifth or sixth of those six. You know, like, nobody talks about Neil Farrell. Gets no time. Maybe I'm part to blame for that. But I've, like, really had, like, a uh, a corner on Farrell Island the last, like, year where I'm like, I actually think he's (laughs) sneaky. Like, I'm not going to call him the best. Like, Richard Lawrence was the best last year, and I think Tyler Shelvin's probably, like, a better overall football player when at his best. But Neil Farrell, I think, is really, really good and has a chance to – you know, I, I have like a weird part of me that's like, would I start Neil Farrell over Glenn Logan? You know, that's not a dig on Logan. It's just something I wonder because I think Neil Farrell is actually the definition of the person who I thought when they moved to a 4-3 in Bo Pelini's scheme could be the biggest winner because he is an explosive athlete. He was a big prospect. Yeah. I mean, he's probably more athletic than most of those other guys. And I think him as a three-technique D-tackle could have had a massive year, which is why just as like a football fan, not like a guy who covers LSU, I was really bummed by the Shelvin and Farrell opt-outs because... I love line play, so do you, of course, and I was so excited to see that four attacking 4-3 with those guys. So him coming back, and sure, we'll get to it, probably take him a little while to get back in shape, and he has to work his way back up the depth chart, but if he gets back to himself a few weeks into the season, I mean, I think he could have a, a breakout year. If he's at his best, I think he's somebody who could like surprise people and be like a second-day draft pick or something. I'm really excited by that. Yeah, it's, um, and, and you, you know what I'm also kind of struck by, and I don't know if you can – uh, maybe you can help, like help me with this. I, I, I've been wondering what it is there are certain times where in terms of like a depth chart and kind of roster security and stuff, there, there are certain times where like a single addition becomes almost a whole is greater than the sum of its parts situation where like one person returning, you go from being worried about depth to actually you feel pretty damn comfortable and and like that number I think it's kind of a moving target I don't know where it always falls Uh, I feel like when Ed Ingram returned last year that was kind of one of those situations I think Jabril Cox was one of those this offseason yes yes Um, and then I think here Neil Farrell rejoining this defensive line which all of a sudden got really thin I think it's huge and and to your point you now have the two set of starters that you're really confident with and, uh, and, and so, yeah, I think, I think this is like a, a tipping point part of moment where the impact he'll have is greater than just like his singular addition. No, I, I think you actually put that like perfectly because first off, like the last thing you said, it's, it's not just the, the talent level that he's bringing. It's yeah, it's, which I think is actually pretty big. It's the idea that so let's say we're operating under the assumption that Logan and Farrell in some capacity are basically just going to rotate constantly as like the three technique tackle, which I'm yeah. sure it won't be that black and white, but still. Well, that means it's not just that you're getting Farrell the football player. It's that now you're getting Farrell and Logan fresher than they would have been. Like Glenn Logan will now have less stress on him and will be a better football player when he's on the yep. field. So that matters. But yeah, I think the first thing you're saying is just dead on. And it is like the Jabril Cox situation to me because... When Jabril Cox came, we loved a lot of those young bodies there. We just didn't want them, you know, some of those young linebackers like a Josh White or Damone Clark and all these guys, you just didn't want them to have too much on them. You know, them as backups, suddenly you're like, yes. oh, that's a great group. Same thing with the D-line where I think you and I both think Jaqueline, Roy, and Jacoby and Guillory, like by the time they leave LSU are going to be, you know, like key starters or all SEC guys, especially Roy. Like I think they're going to be studs. But if you're asking, you 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 know, if they're your like fourth fifth sixth options you're like man that's a great d-line those guys can see the field it's going to be really good for them to grow and they're going to have some moments if they're your three and four guys and you're your your first subs in which kind of look like they would have been depending on what joseph joseph evans does 
that's suddenly like, wow, you're really depending on some 19-year-old lineman. That's just not what you want. So, yeah, I think you nailed it. That, that, that it really is more than – it's not binary or that's not even the right way to look at it. But it's just – it's more than the sum of its parts there. And I really think that now those guys can grow, that D-line's fresher. Obviously, you still don't have Shelvin yet, but we'll see what happens there. And we'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, I think it's huge. I think the question that we I, – I, none of us asked that Ogeron because it's just hard with these Zooms and there was so much going on this week. But the question then is – does that, does Joseph Evans stay at D line now, or does he go back for like the fifth time? But that's an actual question because uh, if I you're know back- it is. Uh, I feel I just feel bad for him. That's why I'm laughing. It's exactly. such a bad situation for Evans to be put in. But yeah, if, if Evans if if Evans stays, then you really like your D line depth, where it's like okay, Evans and and Farrell are your backup D tackles in a perfect world, and suddenly you're like, oh wow, that's a really nice D line. Yeah, I, I I don't know what they do with Joseph Evans, man. That, that, that That's a bummer. I just hope that whatever they do, that he manages to find the field because he's been, you know, great throughout. Um, so, look, I, I, I think I think Neil Farrell, that, that, that's huge, getting him back. Uh, what about, as, as you kind of alluded to there, the potential return of Tyler Shelvin? Oh, and, and if anybody hears any, like, little sneezes or anything uh, – my little second daughter is riding shotgun on this pod, so that's what was, that last little sneeze thing was. But, but so, what, do you what are you going to get? You haven't decided to give her a name yet. Uh, yes, this is Odette. You're right. This is Odette. <laughs> All right. How rude! Big if true. Right. O- o- Odette <laughs> is named after uh, my father's uh, grandmother, uh, and then uh, or no, my yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. I love so, it. Anyway, right. um, we need more family names. Um, yeah. So anyway, Tyler. <laughs> Shelvin. Yeah, this is, I mean, we'll see what happens, and there's a lot to parse through there, but if Tyler Shelvin comes back, suddenly, like, because you, I mean, like we are saying, I thought this LSU defensive line going into the spring and summer was going to be the best in the SEC. Like, I was ready to say that. I was so excited to see what this Boat Blaney 4-3 scheme could do. And obviously, you lose those guys, and you don't feel that way anymore, and having Farrell back. Wait, wait, my... before before I forget, what did what did O say at the presser day about this defense? <laughs> yeah. I saw a big quote floating around. <laughs> Yeah, the thing he said, which was I'm, I'm pulling it up right now, but I mean, he basically the gist was, he said this defense right now is further along in, in September than the defense ever was at any point last year. Which, first off, a little shaded our boy Dave A, but yeah, definitely, <laughs> absolutely. He's like I said, he's been very subtle with it, but if you really pay attention, you can notice these little breadcrumbs of sass this whole year. <laughs> but anyway, that was a really big statement. Like he is hyped on this defense. He's all in on it. But to get back to the thing, I mean, and we'll get to that. I actually want to talk about that. But Shelvin coming back, he, he I'll, sorry, I'll, I'll put on my reporter hat. From what I've heard, Shelvin is at least considering coming back. He has talked to, you know, he has not talked directly to Ogeron from what I have heard. But, and I believe Ogeron said that today. But he, you know, Ogeron has talked to some of Shelvin's family members. And Shelvin has talked to some teammates. And there is at least a conversation going on. But I think it's going to be tricky. First off, you really have to make sure... He didn't, you know, have taken any, any improper benefits or do anything he shouldn't have done with an agent in the last few weeks because yeah. he was declaring for the draft. You know, like he wasn't opting out for family or something. He planned on leaving. Yeah. And then there's the other thing, which is a tricky wrinkle, and and it's that I don't Neil Farrell, from what I was told from some sources, that I don't think it was like a unanimous like Neil Farrell's back thing. You know, like I think even there was a portion of the team that I mean, you get it, you played like. Even though we had a really good reason, it's just like really you're gonna just like jump back on after you left, you know? And there, it was skipped <laughs> camp, like you skipped all like the dog days exactly. of summer and everything. So, so even with Farrell, who had a really good reason, there was it was like they voted him back on to be clear, but there was like it was a bit of a debate. 
Shelvin, I mean, I think there's a portion of that team and maybe even a sizable one that's going to be like, screw off, you know? Like, And I'm not predicting that. I'm not saying the team's going to vote no or anything like that. But that's a hurdle because he actually left them. I mean, like He actually – and even Jamar yeah. Chase was more understandable because everyone was like, yeah, he has nothing to gain. Chase, a lot of people in that program view it as – and again, not saying I agree with this, but a lot of people have said this to me – he didn't want to go through camp. You know, he's a guy who has major weight problems. We don't even know what his weight was at the time. Sorry, you said Chase. You mean Shelvin? Then. Shelvin. A so lot sorry. of people view it as this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Shelvin. These guys, major weight problems. It's been like the three seventies, and a lot of people really thought like he just didn't want to go through camp, and he just wanted to like get out of it, you know. And so him coming back, there might be a more of like an actual debate about letting him back on. And yeah. Again, this isn't me reporting that as fact. I just I wonder. So there's like two hurdles there that you don't know about. No, I mean, look, I, I've been in those locker rooms, <laughs> and I. You're, you're spot on. It is not a unanimous thing. I mean, that shit, dude, that's some, that summer work is hard. The work that you put in to get ready for a season is really, really hard. And it's not like the season where you have these rewards at the end of each week in the form of a game day and actually going and having fun and playing a game. Like, it's just a constant grind. And for somebody to just kind of leave in the manner that he did – um, that if you're a teammate, that feels like quitting on your team. And you're so, you, you adhere so much to the kind of next man up attitude. And you have to be so all in on these sort of cliches, I think, for for it to work a lot of times. And then it's hard to try to reset your brain and be like, oh, so you just get to come back after. I mean, like, no, we've already, we've already, I mean, we've, we've already batten down the hatches, like, uh, so so yeah, I, I now now the, but the tricky part, as you said, uh, is also though the talent level, right? It's just like the NFL. If a guy has major red flags and he sucks, you got no chance to sign him. Uh, if a guy has major red flags, he's incredible. You're probably going to sign him and just figure out a way to deal with it. So I don't know. I guess is Tyler Shelvin good enough where that team? will be comfortable with him rejoining, or even where the coaching staff maybe like kind of pushes the leadership of the team to be yeah, like, hey. because O know, wants him back. Uh, I know that much. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, very oh yeah, badly. for sure the coaches do, for <laughs> sure. And, and honestly, that that could be how it goes down. I, I um, you know, I whatever, I was not a part of this team, but I've been a part of a team, and I could see a coach kind of taking the leadership council and be like, look, you know what? It was bullshit, but we got to win, right? And this guy helps us win. And y'all keep him in line, blah blah, and and then I could, uh, if if the coaches have one to that badly, I think they can find a way to open that door. But but he is going to have to earn his teammates' trust back. So I mean, how, let me ask you this then: how, Does your opinion? Because this is actually could be a fascinating debate. Which is, we had a whole talk about two weeks ago about how does your overall outlook on this team change after the four opt outs, and then. Yeah. But that, but Shelvin Chase, Shelvin and Chase were paired together, of course. So let's say hypothetically, actually no, let's go one at a time if that works with you. Let's start with just Farrell being back and no Shelvin. No, I can how, already answer. I can already answer. The only thing, no, my 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 adjustments were only change? really yeah. adjusted because of Chase. <laughs> they were only really adjusted because of Chase. Ooh, not it wasn't even. So you don't think it would change if you had both Shelvin and Farrell back? Um. So you still say seven and three at that point? Ah, See, that's a great question. If yeah. you no, know it is. I know it feels like a seven three point five. I'm just not sure if I should that's round. That's the most up cowardly not. shit I've ever heard you say. That's, that's upsetting. No, that, that, well, that, no, that's what I'm saying. So, but ultimately, am I going to round up or down? Um, <laughs> no, I, 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 I still think I still think it's Chase. I still think it's Chase. Yeah, no, that doesn't change.
Hi, I'm Andy Staples with The Athletic. No matter what fitness fads you follow, one thing is true across every one of them. You have to get hydrated and stay hydrated. The best way to do that is liquid IV. It is the most efficient way to get and stay hydrated because each serving helps you get as much hydration as two to three bottles of water. Why is that? It's the optimal ratio of glucose, sodium, and potassium delivered into your bloodstream. I live in a place where it is scorching hot, very humid, lose a lot of water when I go out running. I drink a liquid IV beforehand. I drink a liquid IV when I get back. It feels great. Partial to the acai berry before, lemon-lime on the way back. I'm not sure exactly why it works out that way, but those are my favorites. Also, if you've celebrated a little bit, it doesn't have to be a workout thing. Maybe I had a neighbor who was testing out smoked old fashions, and maybe I had a few. Maybe I had one too many. When I got home, I drank a liquid IV right before bed. I felt fantastic in the morning. So how do you get yourself some liquid IV? You go to liquidiv.com and you use the code ATHLETIC at checkout and you get 25% off anything you order. That is 25% off anything you order when you use the promo code ATHLETIC at liquidiv.com. So get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code ATHLETIC. So, wow. All right. Seven wins. All right. So, I don't know if I agree um, because my whole thing, and I'm, I'm so sorry to our listeners, I keep like circling back to this, but like, I just, it's the, my weak link thing, right? And like, I still stand by, even though Chase. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> I still stand by Chase being out takes away my chance of them like winning the SEC. Like, I don't think they're going to win the SEC. I don't. Or I don't think they're going to really compete for a playoff spot without Chase. But I dropped from eight and two to seven and three when they lost both those D tackles and Vincent and all that. But. <laughs> I mean, once you add, if you hypothetically had Farrell and Shelvin back, suddenly I think, because it's the same thing we always talk about. It's about the four marquee games, and it's about do you go one and three in those four? Do you go two and two in those four? Whatever. If you have Shelvin and Chase back, I mean, Shelvin and Farrell back, and you still have a receiving core, Terrace Marshall, Racy McMath, Kayshawn Booty, Eric Gilbert, all those guys, I think that team wins two of four. So... I, I, I kind yeah. of think I would go back to 8-2. Because yeah. I think even with Chase, my prediction was 8-2. and two, So I need to like be completely transparent. Even with that whole roster, my my prediction was 8-2. and two. But it was 8-2 and two with like a 25% chance this team actually exceeds and goes 9-1 and one or 10-0. and oh. Now I'm just 8-2 and two with like an 8% chance of that happening. Does that make yeah. sense? Like I'm just at the yeah, lower no, end I of 8-2. That. Yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, I'm convinced. I mean, Ooh, hell yeah, dude. Was that easy? I'm, I, I mean, hell yeah, dude. I don't need to be convinced to be more bullish on LSU. So I'm like, everything you just said made sense. I'm at 9-1 and one now. That's how much <laughs> sense what you just said made. I'm jumping. No, not really. 11-0. Where'd they get another game? I don't uh, know. But. You, you, you are right. I don't want to deep because, I mean, look, just in terms of, you know, kind of sports theory and everything, like weak link, strong link, all that, um, I am falling into the strong link trap. Where you I don't are, think you're which, wrong. But in a football game, it's just it, 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 my main thing with Chase is still just the security blanket that he represented for Brennan. And I can't get away from like in those big games, those strong links have a greater impact. And then I think my mind's just twisted up about the national championship. Uh, I mean, I, and then just watching the Texans on Thursday Night Football without DeAndre yeah. Hopkins. And and I know that. Look, those I, are I great know points. that. Could, the comparison's not 100% because I think relative to their opposition, LSU has better weapons probably than the Texans do. Um, but 
<laughs> what? O- Odie disagrees. She thinks <laughs> yeah, she's weapons. like, she's like, no way, dude. You're undervaluing Kenny Stills. Dude. Will Fuller's got some gifts, man. <laughs> yeah. He's really fast, dude. Uh, <laughs> no, but 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 yeah, I, I just, I'm just, I th- that's just been plaguing me. But hell yeah, I, so I think because of that, you're right though. I'm. I'm undervaluing how huge if you got both those guys back because you are right. You're, you're immediately like maybe the top line in the SEC. If that D line is what I think it can be, I think this defense has a chance to be like utterly nasty. I actually do think that, and I actually even just with Farrell, I think I, I am back to thinking like when when they were both out, I went from thinking this defense could be an A to thinking it could be a B, and now with Farrell back, I'm back to thinking it could be like a B plus or an A minus. I mean, that's like a very arbitrary well, just and, scale and, and I just the made. Three but. Tech, the three tech <laughs> is the lifeblood of a of a four three. Yeah, I mean whether it's like Aaron Donald, Glenn Dorsey, like those are the guys that can make everything work on a defense. The same way that in a three four, you need that big uh, that big Shelvin like plugger. In the middle, even though I still do like Shelvin out of shade. And <laughs> but, like, uh, yeah, you know, well, yeah, God, I, I think Shelvin, you could do whatever you want. Like, I think you could technically even you, put so Shelvin. You, you put Shelvin at three tech? He's probably, yeah, he's probably quick. I'm enough. not he saying full time, but yeah. 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 Um, well, that, that, that's, I think, with all these guys, one thing that's really nice is if they all did return, you have so much experience that you could get really creative how you move guys around and different sub packages if you want, different combinations that you would maybe want to try out because a lot of these guys can play both interior spots. <laughs> yeah, and sorry, I was laughing at something on Twitter, so I'm sorry that I thought like your comment was funny. Um, <laughs> well, I think the thing that you and I were most like we could not wait for is the possibility of the Ica Shelvin double two technique. Uh, that would be that would be that's nice. like that's, a, that's, that's literally all I need. 2020 has been a rough year, man. If I can see that for a few snaps, like it all feels a little more I worth mean, it. What's that like? 370 <laughs> plus 350. Yeah, you're talking like seven, 720. God, I think, anyway. Um, but then, honestly, the more us talking about this is exhausting because I think we change our opinions, which I think actually makes us a good debate, but our opinions change like while we talk about something both ways. Like, I convinced you of something, and now I'm circling back. Because, you know, I think we're at a point where this whole offseason, the discussion was basically built on this prism of, Maybe Brennan's better than we think he is. Maybe Brennan's not very good. And there was this wide range, right? We had no idea what it could be. And huh, any, yeah. any way you'd claim it would be completely fair, you know? And I think it's, now well, that... It's, it's, like, it's like Schrodinger's cat, right? Until you open the box. Is he a good quarterback? Is he a dead quarterback? I don't know. The yeah, box is still closed. It's quantum physics. Yeah. I hope he's not dead. Um, so, I mean, now that we're two scrimmages in, we're like a month into camp pretty much... It's no longer that. We are we haven't seen it in person, but we have a lot of feedback of what Miles Brennan the quarterback is. So we can kind of get a little more specific because two scrimmages in, it's a pretty clear consensus thing where he has put up pretty good numbers, but it's a scrimmage, and like you said, though, it's sway more toward the offense. But both scrimmages, the feedback I've heard has been, and Ogeron even said this, make some really good plays, but make some big mistakes. You know, like still he had an interception this week. And yeah, he said, <coughs> yep, yep, yeah. And, you know, I think last week when I asked him, his, his answer was, it was a good answer. He was very honest. He said, you know, Ogeron said he needs to get better still at, you know, looking off receivers and not showing what you're doing and reading defenses and coverages. Like he still very much needs to improve on those things. And he's still having really good highs, but some bad lows. So we are at a point where Miles Brennan is probably exactly what we always assumed, right? Which is that. We kind of went into... We always assumed he'd be 
a pretty good quarterback who does some really good things but also might lose you a game you shouldn't lose because of some mistakes, which I think that goes both ways. He also might win you a game you shouldn't win. But I, I don't know if LSU fans are ready for like human play again at the quarterback position. It's just, I mean, <laughs> so it last year, I mean, the closer we get, like, like all things in life as you approach actually doing them, I think they start to loom larger. And I cannot imagine how Miles Brennan is feeling right now because I already pre-feel for him. Uh, because it, It's just going to feel so much differently to LSU fans this fall. Yeah, he was rooting against the Bengals on that last drive because he's like, I need the Burrow hype to go down a little. I need okay, there to I, be... I, ironically, <laughs> I that was one of my points I made in my show is that I felt like it was a good thing for LSU that uh, the Bengals did not win that game. <laughs> Wait, continue. I want to hear this out. Be, because, because of what you were just referencing. Like... Okay, so I think number one overall picks that at quarterback that start their first, you know, the first game of the season, start the opener. I think they're zero and twelve, and now it's thirteen. Start. I think, yeah, now it's zero and thirteen. What's zero and thirteen since Derek Carr or David oh, Carr? David Carr was uh, the last to win. Oh, is that what it is? Okay, well, yeah. either way, if he had been the one, okay, well, I thought it was all time. So my understanding was a bit off then. So well, still, because rookies used to he, never start, so it still works. If he had been the one to break that streak, I mean, then it's just another like, okay, what what you had was not human; it was otherworldly, and you'll never even sniff those heights again. Um, it's true. Yeah, but but whatever. Point is, uh, so it, Burrow being a bit human, not getting it done, made me feel a bit better about about Miles and LSU. Yeah, and I'll, I say all that to say that now I'm like talking myself back into maybe seven three. I'm so I'm the worst, but I'm just like you know you're right. You make a good point. That, you like, scared nah. you scared yourselves talking about like making mistakes <laughs> and then thinking about what mistakes actually look like and then yeah exactly you hear about having and not having that safety defenses blanket. yeah and and. And then what if you're having trouble reading, uh, you know, Florida's defense or Auburn's defense? Like, that's not going to go well. Uh, <laughs> it's so, true. Yeah. So, yeah, no, so I think look, it's – With just Farrell, I am staying – I'm staying strongly at 7-3 and three with just Farrell. If Shelvin does come, we will cross that bridge when we come to it. But I'm stating for the record, I'm staying at 7-3. and three. It's if Shelvin comes back, we'll have a talk. Um, okay. Um, so, okay. Wait, sorry, did you want to add anything else there? No, I think or I was going to pivot or... to something else. So you, you, I'm going to follow your lead, buddy. No, uh, I'm interested to see where you wanted to pivot. See if we're on the same page, so <laughs> well, pivot away. Because it's something we touched on a few minutes ago, but about O's comment today about the defense and how far along it was. And I just wanted to like quickly kind of circle back to that. and like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and just say, like, yeah, I think the reviews so far, because I think I'll give, I always give Ogeron credit for this, as many frustrating traits as there are in covering him sometimes. He is actually like ridiculously transparent about like when a position group is just like sucking right now or when it's kicking ass. So you, you can actually take it at face value most of the time, except maybe with quarterbacks. But even that, I think he's been honest. But you know, so he's told us when the O lines played bad. You know, he's told us, you know, I don't know, Brennan has a bad day. So I, I take what he's saying about the defense right now and, and what I've heard about the defense, and I there's a chance this defense is just like really darn good. I think the D line we always knew could be good. And then hearing what we're hearing about Cox and Clark, Baskerville's even sounded pretty solid and really reliable. And then that secondary really could be just like lights out. There's a chance this defense is fantastic, and I'll let you go. 
No, I look. I, I don't need to go. I was just getting like I was just starting to get excited over here. Let's yeah. talk about it. I I mean I, the the hype really is rolling. Um, listening to like Derek Stingley Senior on the show talk about like the secondary and just how good and and Coach O talk about the secondary and how good the the Ward Flot and uh, who am I leaving out? Ricks. There? Opposite. Yes, the and Ward, Jay Ward. Flott, Riggs yeah. Triangle is. Um, oh, and, and like. Yeah, and whoever wins those jobs. So, yeah, I, you're right. If Shelvin returns, okay, so then what do you think? Like, are you talking, like, top ten nationally? Top five? Like, like how high of a ceiling are you talking about? I hate about? that the top – like, our metrics for, like, top ten or top 25 are different now without half the country playing. But – yeah, no, I mean, I'm not going to say top oh, yeah, ten in, like, the Well, base. I don't know. Half the country might be playing. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, true. Good point. You know, it's always tough because, like, are you talking total yardage? I don't think LSU is ever going to be top ten in total yardage defense, which is what most people use because, you know, the offense they have now just won't be conducive to that. But if we're talking, like, SP plus defense and stuff like that, yeah, I think, I think if Polini is still sharp, which we will find out in the first game or the first few games – no, the, we'll find out that first game. He's got Mikey Leach. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, exactly. Then if if that's the case and the talent, you know, people theoretically stay healthy, of course, which matters. Yeah, I think this this defense is a chance to be top five or ten in the country. I do. Let's go, uh, LSU defensive hype train. Uh, okay, so speaking of things that could happen, you know, we mentioned half the other country maybe not even on a plane. Uh, we are sitting here on Tuesday, September fifteenth, twenty twenty. And uh, there are reports out there. Um, who was it on the hot mic earlier from Nebraska? Was it the AD? Was it the Nebraska president? Wow, we're terrible. Um, uh, it's, look, I'm not an actual <laughs> reporter, though, so that's my shield against all criticism. Brody is, so please direct all journalistic complaints to The Athletic. He's Brody M. Uh, at The Athletic. Make sure you subscribe, and then once you're yes. in, then there's a, yes. can, there's a suggestion comment. box. Yeah. Yes, you yeah. can comment on every one of Brody's stories about his lack of journalistic ethics. You <laughs> have to go to athletic.com slash hold that podcast. So whatever. It doesn't really matter, though. An important big wig at Nebraska was caught on a hot mic talking about how Big Ten football is back and they were going to announce tonight. We are going to have a conversation as if this is true and the Big Ten is returning. If this ends up not coming to pass and you are listening in the future, congratulations. This is kind of like time travel. Go ahead and skip five minutes. Okay, Brody, <laughs> the Big Ten's back. Wow. Thoughts? <laughs> um, yeah, and just to add on that, Jeff Petroikis, a uh, really good reporter covering you know Wisconsin sports mainly, he, um, he actually reported about like 45 minutes ago kind of confirming the hot mic moment that like it does seem like it's about to come back tonight so yeah this is big I mean obviously first for me just as like a guy who likes watching Indiana football I'm really excited because this could have been this was supposed to be the best IU football season like no exaggeration maybe ever you know like that's not that's crazy to say but it's true nine is this nine Indiana is I don't think they're year? going nine and one with the schedule they have in a big all big 10 schedule oh, but that's right never mind Damn. yes okay, so wait what's the What's the new like? I'm super happy. This is the best season ever. Met Seven and three, weekend. right? I think that okay. feels about right. Okay. You know, yeah, that's just good because they have a hell really schedule. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, this is awesome for everyone involved. It's gonna, t- it will help. Re- There's always gonna be an asterisk this year. Just get over it. It's the truth. But it takes away that just awkward like tiptoeing we're doing, where we're like top ten team. Well, you know, if everyone was, pl- you know, like this whole thing we have to do about like. Yeah, no, he's the Heisman winner, but, like, well, of the 60%. You know, like, that whole thing is just exhausting. <laughs> if they're back, that really aids that so much. Or it really helps us when it comes down to, like, 
how we remember the season because if Ohio State win it doesn't win it now, well at least like we know they played and they just weren't the best team, you know. So I just think it makes this there's a piece to all of this and then on top of that there's just a happiness for me as somebody who was raised on Big Ten football and loves it and like, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I'm not a like huge I don't you know, I, I like Big Ten football just because I like college football, but there was a huge hole in my heart thinking about like not having big time 11 a.m. kickoffs because like that's big. Th- that's, that, big. that's what that's what the Big Ten is to me is like <laughs> great games in the first slot of the day that's so and true. and oh and there's so much fun to watch and, and so like it was the exact hole that actually UL Iowa State filled last it did. week yeah uh, which was such a nice 11 a.m. game also how good is Mike Golick on the call. I guess he came up yeah. doing color. I didn't realize that him, Tom Hart, and Cole Kublik are a nice uh, combination for games. Felt really good to watch football, by the way. Uh, but yeah, so the Big Ten's back. It's all uh, that's. That, I think that's really cool. Do we know anything on the Pac-12 yet? I don't. It's been hilarious that that has been just completely unmentioned throughout all of this. Like no one even asks. If there but. was ever a more firm uh, example of like kind of the general reputation among college football. About the Pac-12, just yeah, the, the silence just, is deafening. I always got the sense that they actually can't come back because, first off, the states over there are much more like have very yeah, much stricter rules right now, and then also you have the fires going on. So like, I just don't even yes, see how like yes, yeah. yes, yes. There may be massive global fires that you can see from space. There may um, be hurricanes spinning into the coast. There wait, may be I do a have some pandemic with hundreds of thousands of deaths, but Neil Farrell is back. <laughs> Woo! Let's go. Wait, I, just for our listeners, so we don't sound too ignorant. Heather Dinich did report yesterday that mid to late November most aggressive return day target for Pac-12. Okay, but says. either way, so not playoff relevant. Like the Big Ten's going to get back in a time period where that's going to be the most they could be back thing. in the playoff, right? God, how exhausting is that going to be if, like, the timelines don't work out? And how will we go about this? And, like, say the the SEC finishes – or the ACC or whoever finishes, like, four weeks before another conference. And then, like – and now it's like, well, they would have been better, but now they've been resting for five weeks. So, you know, now they're rusty. Like, I don't want to have to deal with that. But then I circle back to just shut up, Brody. Like, there's just football. Like, I just exactly. shut up. Exactly. Shut the up. pandemic. Look, human beings are undefeated in their ability to adapt. That is just a basic truth. That's how we rule this planet. That works okay? both ways. We adapt so, to what to complain about. Yeah, yeah. So this, but but I mean, this is this is if that's what it takes. You know, the 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 <laughs> ACC finishing a month and a half before Ohio State. I don't care. No, me neither. Whatever. I don't actually, care. Let's do it. Wait. So, um, what was your favorite part of this weekend watching football then? Uh, I love the NFL the most this weekend. Oh, it was just so good seeing the NFL again, watching Burrow and Breeze and Brady. And and then I love, I'm a big fan of, same thing I do with the NBA, of the NFL YouTube channel and watching the full game highlights, which are like 13 minutes long. Ooh, I love it. Just to get like a, a you know, just a kind of, just a snapshot view of every game. And, um, oh, just the NFL is just an unending sea of takes. <laughs> and they are ripest at week one, where you're working with the smallest amount of information and you can make the most broad sweeping proclamations. It's just it's just beautiful. Uh, so that was my favorite part. Yeah, I mean, the NFL Sunday was just a better product to watch, of course. And, like, I don't know about you. I find myself, maybe this is just me being around football longer and has nothing to do with the pandemic, or maybe it really is. But 
I find myself like watching a, a Saturday or Sunday of football from like a different perspective where I think sometimes like I'd be like just so tied into like who I want to win or like or you know what bet I have or whatever something like that or just like fantasy and I'm like actually getting to a point now where I watch like Jets Bills I can actually just like remove everything else in my head and just like enjoy the football part of it take in what's going on like you know it's like this tell me if this sounds really stupid but it's like that thing i think sometimes when we watch football in our minds like we see an incompletion by sam darnold and we see incompletion by sam darnold right and we don't see like look at that great coverage by that bill's defender i think that's how like a lot of people watch football am i yes. wrong and no, I th- no, yeah for sure <laughs> okay so t- yeah I, so stay I watched with- i watched like uh i you know for years even though i played and everything I would just watch the quarterbacks. Yeah, like when they would drop back, like, and then I get, I'd be, I'd be playing football, and I'm like, oh, but like it's just, it's so wild that I would just watch the quarterbacks. There's nothing more dumb than watching the quarterbacks. It's the worst back. way. Thank you. Yeah. So, so yeah, I like found myself just like watching football a little closer and more like appreciative, and just be like, wow, great block by that right guard, you know, and just like watching the full picture in front of me in a game, like a little more. And I know it's so stupid. Like, probably sounds really dumb. No, no, man. I, I so I've enjoyed it. You say this because I have a lot of similar <laughs> feelings. Um, like I said, even when I was playing football, a lot of times I like when I would watch football, I just shut my brain off. Same. And and I would just like like I said, watch the quarterback <laughs> and stuff. When I got done playing football, I actually didn't like watching football very much. Yeah. Um it took me a couple years and then ever since then I've been on this journey of every year as I get older. I don't know what it is. If it's just we really start to like the things that we like or maybe I, I don't know what it is. But every year as I get older I just start to enjoy it more and more and appreciate it more and more and and because of the kind of the game of chicken that the pandemic played with football um it, it did feel even more precious this weekend getting to watch like ul and iowa state on saturday and then uh and then into that full nfl slate sunday it was fantastic yeah, couldn't agree more, and I think Odette is giving us our signal that we should probably go out on that note. I think so, too. She's a radio so pro. I mean, she uh, saw that we're at like 36 minutes, and it's like, it's probably time. That is right. a pro. Good producer. You're right, Odie. Great job. I love you. Uh, I love you, Brody. I love you, The Aww. Athletic. Congrats on a million subscribers. I love Bear's specialty meats in the Bocage location. Go check them out. And... Uh, Okay, we're out of here. (laughs) Athletic.com slash hold that podcast, $1 a month. Do it. See you later. Uh, We'll see you next Tuesday. Hold that podcast podcast.